Good evening, everybody. This is Yemi Madiakutumi from Video Recovery Secrets. I'm privileged today to have with me Victoria Ann Moore, who is a mother of two children, a grief warrior, an author, and a widow. The purpose of my podcast, as you know, my listeners, is to encourage you and to show you that you can have a new dream and dare to dream greater. So I've got Victoria here today. Victoria will tell us a bit more about herself. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm pleased to have you here. I'm quite excited. So my first question today to Victoria is, how long have you been widowed? Can you tell us that briefly? Thank you. Sure. Um, So I have been widowed a little over two years. Um, My husband passed on May 23rd of 2019. Yeah. That's not too long. Yeah. And could you give me, tell us a bit more about yourself, what you've done since your loss and just a general outline, please. Okay. Um, well, what have I done? Um, <laughs> just tried to move forward in a positive way, really. Um, a lot of what I'm doing now is similar to what I was doing prior to my husband's passing. Um, I've always been somebody who has um, connected with others and tried to help others, you know, just to live happier and healthier. Um, I'm still doing much of the same. It's just kind of in um, a different way. So now I'm sharing more about my experience becoming widowed, um, trying to connect with other widows and share what has helped me on my healing journey. Um, So yeah, I mean, just connecting with people, trying, you know, trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good example for my kids, showing them that we don't always get to choose the circumstances that happen to us in our life, but we get to choose our attitude and how we're going to move forward. Um, And so just always trying to set that example of moving forward in a positive way. And that, you know, unfortunately, bad things happen to us in life. um, And we just have to try to make the best of it. So I try to do that as much as I can. Thank you for that. So who is Victoria in terms of being the author, the grief warrior? Tell tell us a bit more about yourself in that area, what you, you, you the author. So what is the author, Victoria? Well, actually um, I was an author prior to losing my late husband. Um, I had written two books about pregnancy and labor. Um, I had both of my children natural drug-free, you know, at a birthing center, um, which is not very traditional here in the States. A lot of times people, you know, they go to a hospital. Um, And so I wanted to share a lot about my experience and how to help others who were interested in doing the same. So I actually wrote those books prior to losing my husband. Um, I am going to hopefully one day write about my experience as a widow. Um, It's actually been on my mind a lot lately, but I haven't written anything about widowhood um, just because it's only been two years and I'm still kind of trying to navigate it myself. So, yeah. I can see your background in wellness must have helped you a lot in the present, your present circumstances of actually walking forward out of loss. Absolutely. Um, So again, prior to losing my late husband, um, I had, I'm certified in about, I think, 13 different certifications, um, different mind-body modalities. So um, meditation, hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming. I trained with um, some clinical psychologists to 
learn different techniques for processing emotions. Um, I worked with people who had PTSD, depression, things like that. And so I feel very blessed that I had that knowledge prior to losing my husband because it has been just huge for my healing journey, helping to heal my children um, and then helping to again, connect with other widows to help them on their journey as well. Okay, thank you for that. So going on to next question, which is, could you mention the three solutions you've implemented to three personal challenge, challenges you've had since your loss? Um, so three things that I've implemented. Well, part of my daily routine, um, meditation has been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, journaling and really just connecting with others who are also experiencing grief, trauma, and loss. Um, Those three things have just been very important for me in healing. Um, Again, connecting with others who truly understand the grief of losing a spouse, a partner, Um, because even though I have a lot of support with family and friends, being a young widow, I didn't really know any young widows. Um, you know, the only widows I knew was like my grandma and her friends, you know, older widows. So about six weeks after, um, my husband's passing, there is a conference that they hold in San Diego every year. It's called camp widow. And so, um, I attended that about six weeks after he passed never, obviously prior to becoming a widow, did I know that that even existed, um, that there was a conference for widows. I didn't know what to expect. And it ended up being a huge part of my healing journey, um, showed me that, you know, you can move forward in a positive way, that there's other people that are experiencing the unthinkable um, of losing a spouse. And so met a lot of just wonderful connections, wonderful friends. We still, um, we connect with each other. We get together. uh, We talk, we send each other, you know, texts and emails on the hard days, you know, just checking to see how each other are doing. Um, And it was wonderful. Now they didn't have it last year because of COVID, but they are having it this year. So it's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm very excited that I'm going to be a presenter and I am teaching the yoga class. So, so is it covered online as well? Sorry. Is it an on, is it physical event and online? It's a physical event. There's no yeah. online connection. I don't know if they are doing an online version okay. of it. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to know. I realized you were a young widow, and you still are. How old were you when you were widowed, if I may ask you? I was 37. Quite young. Okay. Because I know you'd mentioned about when you became a widow, and a lot of people still think the same today, that when you talk about widow, they think it's very old people that are widows. When I talk about my coaching, and I try to explain that widow, it is not just about the 90-year-old person anymore. As much as we live longer, they are actually quite a lot of young widows. And especially with the onset of COVID-19, there's even been more younger widows. So we're just trying to explain to our audience today that there's, I've met widows, spoken to widows in groups that were widowed at 25. So just an awareness exercise. One of the aims tonight obviously is to create an awareness. When we talk about widows, we're not just talking about the elderly. Obviously the elderly have pain because obviously they've been together very long. Many of them have been together for 70 years. However, just to heighten and make you more aware, widows come across from every age from 21 upwards nowadays. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. So one question I ask, I ask here as well is, uh, what have you become a master at since your loss? And could you convert this to a stream of income? And I say that because one of the biggest challenges widows face, young or old, is finances. Because 
as we do know, most almost at least 70% of widows, half or more of the income is lost when their spouse passes away. Yes. Yeah, so um, I feel very fortunate. I actually, um, prior to losing my husband, I was homeschooling my children and I was working from home. And I have continued doing that. I've been able to continue working from home. Um, so I just try to do whatever I can using my strengths to help others. Um, and a lot of it has been through marketing work. I've become really, really good at marketing, digital marketing, um, graphic design. And so I've been hired on by quite a few big clients. Yeah. So it was it a school you had to go and learn digital marketing or did you teach yourself? Well, a lot of it again was um, stuff that I had learned prior to losing my husband because mm -hmm. I, so um, I went to school for business management and I had my, my blog and, um, you know, writing a book and stuff. I had to learn a whole bunch of promotion stuff for myself. And so when my husband passed, I knew that, you know, it, I'm the sole provider for my children and, mm -hmm. and I have to, you know, keep a roof over our heads and food in the fridge and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really had to dive deeper into learning more about marketing. So taking whatever online classes that I could take, taking different certifications um, and just making sure that I got really, really good at learning all about mm -hmm. marketing so that I can land some big clients and continue to be able to work from home. That's amazing because so that means in a way you were basically in good stead while some leaders are not fortunate to be like that. And now I know you're a marketeer, I'll, use, I'll tap into that at some point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. So what purpose have you found out of loss? So I, a lot of what you've shared with me today, which is amazing, is a lot of what you've achieved before your loss. Mm -hmm. But what is new that would say is quite unique in the loss that has become more purposeful compared to what you've achieved before? Um, I mean, I guess really just turning my pain into a purpose, um, mm -hmm. you know, not allowing myself, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we have our days where we don't want to get out of bed mm -hmm. or grief just takes over. Um, and you know, those days are normal. And I try to allow myself to have those days because I think it's very important for the healing process. Um, but I also realized that I could use my pain to help others that are experiencing this, the same and show them that you can move forward in a positive way and that you, you know, you can work from home. You can use your strengths to, to build a business or to, um, you know, support your family. So really just not allowing myself to be overtaken by grief and, and using it in a positive way instead of, you know, a negative way. Because what I find is, um, one question I'll ask you in a minute as well is when I speak to widows, a lot of people they process their grief in different ways. So like when I wrote my book, Walking Out of Widowhood, and my experience, it's going to be eight years this December, I felt I had to intentionally, consciously decide that I have to start finding my way out of my loss. I couldn't grieve for two. I was grieving, but in my spirit, because I'm a Christian, my faith, I felt because of my strength in my faith and being able to meditate on the Bible and stuff. After a few months, I was able to start seeing in my spirit, man, how I was going to navigate my workouts. So when I wrote my book, I say to people that what I write in my book, you might have to have walked the widow path for at least two years or one and a half years. Mm -hmm. So in what you're saying is, I've spoken to people and people always say to me, well, that's a bit early, two years a bit early, I can't do that. You know how you were talking about 
convert, finding purpose and that. People have said to me, well, I can't see that yet. And um, I'm still married to my dead husband. People are like eight years down the line. And I try and say to people that if we're not careful, you, you get stuck. If you don't consciously decide to do it, like anything in our lives, you have to consciously decide that at this point, I think I need to start. It's always a little step, little by little, and it gets bigger and bigger. So what do you say to people when they say to you, it's all right for you, two years, you, everyone walks their grief. We appreciate that everyone walks their grief differently. But do you agree that you have to consciously and intentionally decide to start trying little by little to find your way out of the loss? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I had to make the decision early on that my children had already lost their father to um, depression and suicide and that I could not let them lose their mother to grief. And so even on the hard days, I, I had the opportunity to show them that, you know, this is a horrible thing that we've experienced. Um, it, it does change our lives. It is very sad and that it's okay to grieve and it's okay to feel all of the emotions because that's how we process and heal. But we have to make the conscious decision to move forward. Um, and a lot of that has been through, again, for me, for meditation and journaling. So what helped me early on was um, I would meditate daily and I recorded different hypnosis meditations and they were so helpful to me that I actually turned those into an album that I have on iTunes and I think it's on Spotify and all that stuff. But um, I, it was so helpful to me that I wanted to share that with others. And so whenever people are telling me that they're struggling, they just, you know, they can't process the emotions and, you know, all of those things, I, I send them a copy of my meditation album and I tell them, you know, try this for a little bit, listen to this when you go to bed, see if it helps. And I hear so many amazing stories from women, how much it helped them, how it helped them to process their emotions, how it helped them to move forward. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely have to make that conscious decision. It's not something that you just all of a sudden wake up one day and you're like, oh, yeah. he, he died, but it's fine. Like it does, that doesn't just happen. You have to make the decision. Yeah. And can I just say, is like you brought up the issue around the thing about meditation. Mm -hmm. So in people meditate as you appreciate in different forms. Like you talk about hypnosis, whilst Christians talk about meditation in terms of reading the word of God and meditating on the word. So as people of faith out there, if you're a person of faith, meditation doesn't always have to be hypnosis. It also can mean using the Bible. In one of my books, I talk about using positive confessions from the word of God to change your mindset. The mindset many times limits how we grow into work, finding our way out. So you can use that as well. So I'm just linking that into what Victoria is saying. Victoria is talking about hypnosis. I know a lot of Christians do not believe in hypnosis, but some people do. But in the Christian faith, people use the Bible. So that's a way of meditating or taking time out to just be quiet for 20 minutes and hear Absolutely. yourself think what's really going on. Because many times the issue of self-care has to come up a lot. So even though we have our children and everything, we have to always remember that we have to take care of ourselves. So taking care of yourself also means not running away from the loss or the pain, but sitting quietly and trying to find out what is the pain. You need to lean into your pain rather than run away from it. So when I talk about intentional and consciously walking out of it, I'm not saying running away from the pain. We're not saying that. We're saying identifying the pain, but yet find purpose out of it. Even if it means it's going to be something your husband's memory you want to do. Or was it something, a gift you had before your husband died? Use it to find purpose. 
Could you name three factors that keep you and will continue to, to keep you inspired despite loss? Three factors that keep me inspired. Um, well, two of them are my children, but I guess that technically counts as one. Um, yeah. Because, you know, again, just showing the example to them that unfortunately things happen to us in our life that we yeah. don't get to choose and, um, you know, just moving forward in a positive way. Um, really just helping others. That to me is a huge part of my healing. Um, I think that's why I've been able to move forward in such a positive way is knowing that I am making an impact with others by just sharing my experiences, whether even if it is on the bad days, you know, letting people know that, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm having a bad day and this is normal and this is okay. And this is grief. Um, just normalizing grief in, in and of itself, because I feel like, um, society as a whole, they fear grief. They fear people that are grieving. And so, um, I'm sure that you had this experience. I'm sure others have where people just disappear because they are afraid of your grief and they, yeah. it makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So really just kind of sharing my experience and normalizing it. Um, third factor, I don't know, like I said, my children, um, helping others. And I guess really just for myself, I, you know, I am, I was widowed young and I still have very much of my life to live and I want to make it the best that I can, regardless of what happened. Um, and so just trying to make the most out of each day, trying to just be positive, um, having the realization that life is short and it's very unexpected. And, um, you know, just to go out there and live it the best that you can. Yeah, I was quite inspired by, because I noticed you're a sales lady as well. I looked on, I saw your website, you have these um, phenomenal products you sell. Yes. One is, I wanted to share this with our audience. I've never heard of this before. And I've worked in health. Well, I worked in mental health for over 20 years. Number one, I found the sleep spray fascinating. Could you explain, explain that a bit? To the sleep spray. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as you know, I'm sure, sleep and grief don't mm. go very well together. Um, I remember when I first became widowed, I don't think I could sleep for longer than two hours at a time. Um, and then also, you know, unfortunately being a suicide widow, there's a lot of PTSD that comes with that. So I would get, you know, lots of nightmares and I would just be on and off with sleep. Um, my sleep was all over the place. And so the sleep spray has been very helpful to me because um, it just has different, um, like vitamins and nutrients that help you. So for example, um, 5-HTP is great for emotional health. Um, so it has that, and then it has a little bit of melatonin. And so I just spray a couple sprays under my tongue before bed and it has helped me just have an awesome night's sleep. And is it, is it it's organic, is it? The products? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And another thing I found as well, which is amazing to raise the mushroom powder, the mushroom shower. I know I've had a shower before, I've never heard of the mushroom child. Could you explain what that does as well? Yeah. So um, again, mushrooms are a huge antioxidant, um, just so helpful and stress to the body can really lower your immune system and your resistance. Um, so the mushrooms, they are just an app, an aptogen, aptogen. Yeah. An aptogen. Um, <laughs> I was thinking how to say the word. Um, and so basically what they do is they adapt to whatever your body needs. Um, so it's the mushroom chai is promoted for immunity, but mushrooms also help you to sleep really well too. So when I take the mushroom chai and the sleep spray, Ooh, I sleep like a baby. I just, I fall asleep within probably five minutes. That's very good because 
What came to mind as well, I noticed the mushroom shy powder is around $75. Mm -hmm. Just to say to the to our audience, if you're looking for it, you can you might be able to get a discount rate by linking your site to honey and you honey would serve for you to find a cheaper rate. Yeah. And even mushroom in its natural form is very good as well. Cooking Absolutely. and stuff or doing a cream sauce or whatever. So that's just some tips I have learned from Victoria tonight. And my final question is, could you mention one specific vision in terms of pre-marriage, love again, opening your heart again? Because that's more what I, my final vision is when I walk with widows. I always pray that in the end, we find a new relationship and share our lives again with someone else. So what are your thoughts on that vision? Um, I absolutely believe that. Um, I was hoping as a young widow that I would find love again. Um, and I actually have, I have been with my boyfriend for a little over a year. Um, and he is just so understanding about my situation, um, allows me to be vulnerable when I need to be vulnerable and talk about my late husband and, um, you know, just feel my emotions. He does, he's not judgmental about it or anything. Um, and so he's, he's been very helpful through this whole thing, letting me know that, you know, I'm not broken. I can be loved again. Um, I can find love again. Um, it is scary in the sense that you don't want to go through what you've gone through already. Um, but that's really the risk that you have to take because again, nothing is promised to us. Um, life is short and you just have to enjoy it for what it is. And so, yeah, I definitely encourage widows that, you know, when you are ready to go out there and find love, you, you know, you, that's what I feel like life is about is moving forward with somebody and having, having a partner, having a companion. And so, yeah, I definitely, um, I am always cheering for love after loss. So would you marry, remarry officially? I would. Yes. Good. Because what I, what I loved about what you said as well is you always said to yourself, you would always want to marry, at least start a relationship again. So I write about consciously keeping your heart open to love again. Because you can, you can easily slip into the thoughts of, oh, I'm okay on my, by myself. Or if you're doing quite well financially, you can easily think, I don't need a man. But I always say to people that, you might not need a man now because perhaps you've got children at home, they're still growing up. But when they move away, number one, they become more freer in their mindset because they know mom's got a companion, is married again. Whilst when you're on your own, in spite of what you're saying, you, you in a way, they worry unconsciously about you when they go, when they leave the home. I believe mm -hmm. so. So that's one benefit. They're a bit freer. They don't have to keep worrying about it. Number two, when we get older, I think we need the companionship more than even when we were in our 20s. Because you enjoy the little things more than when you dad are just running around clubbing all the time. You want to do the little things. And especially when we've experienced loss, I think you even appreciate the little things more than ever before, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for me, I mean, my children are still pretty young. They were seven and nine when their father passed. Um, I wanted them to have a strong male figure. I wanted them to see their mom being loved and loving somebody else. And, and again, to know that, and hopefully this doesn't happen to them in the future. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they don't find themselves widowed young. Um, but if they do, that it is okay to find a companion, to find love again. 
So what do you say about a lot of guilt widows carry around? Like in some of my coaching, I, uh, I find people feel worried about what people are going to say. Oh, have you got over your husband so quickly? What are your thoughts on that? Just being, feeling guilt, there's a lot of guilt that goes with it, as if the grief is not enough. A lot of widows carry a lot of grief around. What do you say to them, those listening? Um, you know, this is your life and uh, people are always going to have their unsolicited opinions regardless. Um, there are going to be people who say that you move on too fast or you didn't move on quick enough or whatever. There's always going to be people with their opinions. That's their opinions. And it's not for you to carry. This is your life. Um, I, I think I started dating pretty early on. Um, and I know a lot of people had things to say about it and, I just have to let them know, you know, unless you've been in this situation, um, you don't, you don't get a say this, this is not about you. I think that after we lose somebody, we realize that life is short. Um, we realize what is important. We realize love is important. And so a lot of the widows that I know, um, cause I, I had a, a, one of my good friends from high school, she lost her husband, I don't think it was, a, no, it was a few months after me. Um, and she got actually remarried pretty quickly. She, she moved forward. She had um, had a guy who she knew since she was young and he lost, she lost her husband to cancer and he lost his wife to cancer, I think two months before her. And so they just kind of connected on that level of both experiencing grief and ended up falling in love with each other and got married. And I think it's beautiful. I think that, you know, for many of us, like I said, you've, you've realized that life is short. You realize that love is important. And um, when you find somebody that makes you happy, you want to experience happiness. And that shouldn't be something that other people get to determine how yeah. long you wait. Um, and it's not up to people to determine when you're ready to be happy. I think, you know, we fulfilled our vows till death do us part. It's not we, the vows were not to till death do us part and when everybody else is comfortable with me moving forward. That was not the vows <laughs> that, that I said, at least. Um, and that's what I tell people when people say, oh, you know, you moved on so quickly. I said, well, you know, I fulfilled my vows. Well, what, well, did I, what did I do wrong? Exactly. And as a, as a Christian, the Bible does say, once the person has passed, you're free to marry again, you know? Absolutely. And I found true studies I've read about, research studies, that the male tends to move on quicker than the female. The female seems to dwell on that mountain for so long, nursing and being married to the dead. And the word of God says, we're not married to, once you're alive, you're not married to the dead. You're meant to be married to the living. Mm -hmm. And I say that to you ladies again, we're not meant to be married to a dead husband. You're meant to be married to a living human being. So try and start to have new dreams. And what yes. would your last word be, Victoria, to the audience tonight? Um, you know, just be happy, live your life. You know, it there, you will have sad days. You will experience grief and allow yourself to experience grief, but don't, don't dwell on it. You are meant to move forward. You are meant to be happy. You are meant to live life. Life is for the living. Um, it, it's hard. There's days that are hard. Um, and that's not going to change. It, it could be 20 years past and something can happen and, and you'll still, you'll still miss that person. Them dying doesn't mean, and you moving forward doesn't mean that you don't love them, that you didn't love them. Mm -hmm. That's not going to go away. 
but you are meant to live life. And that's definitely true because what a lot of people don't understand is the memories are always with us. We even have our children as the legacy anyway to remind you that you had a special relationship before. But the point is not to remain stuck in your past. Absolutely. Okay, so can I say thank you to Victoria Moore? I'm going to pronounce your full name, Victoria Ann Moore, for coming today. It's been a real pleasure. And to our audience, for those that are going to listen, please share this with this podcast. It's the purpose is to encourage you. This is Yemi Majakudumi, your host from Widow Recovery Secrets. We're signing off now. And thank you to Victoria. Thank this you for having me. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye.